What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Sure. Why not? I'm your host, Regan Pender. They say all good things come in three, that's why I've decided to release a third episode of this little shindig. I'm having so much fun, y'all. I can't tell you how much fun I've had prepping these episodes and recording them and getting to interview my brother and setting up future interviews for you to listen to. It's been super fun. If you're still on the fence about making a podcast, just go ahead and do it. Do it now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not kidding, but I'm not going to be that aggressive about it. You should just do it. It's super fun. Um, But if you are listening in, thank you. Uh, it's still early enough in the podcast, right, where I can I can kind of give this little spiel every time where I'm like, if you're listening, thank you. If it's your first time, thanks for tuning in. I think I can still say it. I think after, like, episode five or six, maybe I'll stop. But for now, if you're listening in and you've listened to the first two episodes, thanks. And if you're listening for the first time, this is my podcast. Sure, why not? I'm your host, Regan Pender, and the jury is still out on my quarantine beard. I've been growing out my facial hair during quarantine because nobody, nobody's making me shave, right? When I lived in New York, I had to shave for work. Uh, I also had to shave for auditions because I didn't want to look like I was, you know, a, a, a scruffy mess. I wanted to look like a, like a young, strapping young lad like I am. But no one's making me shave during quarantine. I kind of get, kind of just get to do what I want. Um, and the only person who wants me to shave is my mother when she catches me in, in the right light. Um... You know, she'll be like, you need to shave, you look terrible. And I'll be like, that's exactly how my mom sounds too. And I'll be like, but mom, I don't want to shave. I just want to grow out my hair and see if I can grow a beard. And that's actually how uh, the two of us communicate uh, on a daily basis. But, I mean, there, there's, it's, it's, I just want to see what's going to happen, right? Um, I thought about getting one of those beard growth kits that you see like on, on, on your Instagram ads or your, or your Facebook ads if... If those are the kind of ads that pop up there, they are, they were for me for about two weeks and I really thought about it. I really thought about growing, you know, getting, getting the oil and, and, and everything. But then I, but then I saw you had to swallow like four different horse pills every day and have a zoom conference with a beard wizard. Talk about how your chin feels every other day. It was just, it was too much. So I'm just growing it out all natural, baby. Just being me. It's a tad patchy, the pirate, in some places. Like, the the sides of my cheeks don't really grow in, but then, like, the chin strap is, like, fine, and the whole goatee area is, like, doing okay. But, like, in pictures, it kind of looks fine. Like, the shadows on my face kind of make it fill in. A friend told me the other day that I actually look like a rabbi, which I don't really know how to, how to take. Um, but anyway... Yeah, I've gotten some decent compliments from my family and friends and when I send them my golden hour snaps. Um, but if you're growing out your quarantine facial hair, tag me in your Insta stories, tweet me. That's at SureWhyNotPod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I want to compare and uh, take notes on how I can better grow my facial hair. Yeah. Anyway, we got some good stuff on the docket for today. Hopefully I can navigate through it all for you with minimal damage and uh and you can have just a little bit of fun to start your weekend have you gone to the movies lately 
Because if you said yes, you're probably lying. Unless you went to a drive-in movie theater, which is awesome. I'm jealous. I should probably get on that. There are a few around Chicago that have started to open up. They've started showing some classic movies like The Goonies and uh, probably Back to the Future because that's normally what everybody does because everyone loves that movie. But I had a friend of mine uh, talk to me after the first episode. She reached out and she asked if I would talk a little bit about the movie industry and uh, Hollywood in general. And I think that's a great it's a great topic. I, de- I did a little bit of research, but also I want to talk about something in terms of the movie theaters that I had discovered. I think it was, yeah, it was 2019. It was the very beginning of 2019. And, um, it's, it's the greatest, I think, I think it's the greatest thing in terms of, of going to the movies ever. And it's called the AMC Stubbs A-List, not a sponsor. Um, it's just called AMC Stubbs A-List, but they don't sponsor me. AMC, if you're listening, sponsor me. Um, so AMC Stubbs A-List, it's a movie subscription that you can get and you can get three movies a week. Okay. It's, it's about 20, it's like $20 a month. Maybe with tax, it's like 22. Um, it's three movies a week. You can watch the same movie three times in one week if you want. Right. And you can go to any AMC theater in the country. So folks, what I'm saying is I saw close to 50, five, zero, 50 movies in theaters in 2019 close to 50. I think it was like 46. I have a list in my phone. And my goal for 2020 was to see 52 movies, which would average out to one a week. Duh. But here we are. My dreams are crushed. Movie theaters have closed. And I'm pretty sad about it. Theaters are starting to open back up though. Like AMC, If by the time you're listening to this episode amc will have started to open up some of their theaters again with about 30 percent capacity in each auditorium per screening if you can't tell i love amc and i've done a lot of research and they're showing i checked my local amc and they're showing you know older movies like the goonies and back to the future for the first day or two and then i think they they might be showing some movies that got released overseas earlier in the summer like there's some russell crowe thriller movie that's being shown at my local amc that was released in july of 2020 but if you didn't see they on that first day on the 20th which i think was thursday or friday i don't even know what day it is anymore but that first day back they were selling tickets at like 1920s prices so you could see a movie for like 15 cents which is wild considering it's like 45 dollars for a popcorn kernel at the theater nowadays unless you get that subscription i was talking about and I just think that's just a, a, a marketing tactic to, to make them stay relevant because, well, I mean, the movie industry has kind of been on the hot seat for a while. I think we all could agree on that. I mean, with the introduction of, of uh, like streaming services and, and all, all this media that's just at our fingertips, just at the click of a button, the, the idea of going to a movie theater and buying popcorn and like, you know, uh, the, uh, the snow caps or, or, you know, trying to awkwardly hold the hand of the person you're on a first date with. It all just kind of seems obsolete at this point, right? Um, you can call me old-fashioned, but that's, that's what I prefer. I prefer going to the theater and sitting in the big, the- like the big uh, theater with a huge surround sound and everything. Um, it's just, but yeah, theaters are just, they've kind of been on the decline ever since... Netflix came out kind of. I mean, they've been doing fine, but especially now during the the shutdown, it's kind of they've really been on the hot seat. I've saw a few a few articles that were saying AMC might go bankrupt. Um, 
and, and you know, but what's very interesting, I think, is that at the beginning of quarantine, uh, the movie Trolls World Tour, you know, the one Trolls World Tour, the sequel to Trolls the movie, I think, I don't know, Justin Timberlake, Anna Kendrick, you know, a whole bunch of famous people who were a part of it. But the marketing campaign for this movie was actually insanity. I mean, maybe not so much here in Chicago or wherever you were listening, but in New York City, at least, you couldn't you couldn't walk your dog without hearing or seeing an ad for it. Um, it was it was on every preview list of every movie I saw in theaters before the shutdown. Trolls World Tour. It was just. I mean, there was a store. There was a store devoted to trolls. World Tour. That's how much money they spent. Well, anyway, uh, since COVID, the movie couldn't be released in theaters because right, right before it was supposed to be released, all, all the theaters shut down and millions of six-year-olds crushed. Parents probably couldn't have cared less. But here's the kicker. Universal Studios, which is the film... Uh, the studio that made the film, uh, they released it in limited theaters because of COVID. So I, I don't really know exactly how many, it probably wasn't a lot, but, um, they also, they released it digitally the same day. So I think the, the release date was somewhere in March or April, somewhere around, around that time. And which is strange. I mean, you only hear about movies going straight to DVD if it was like terrible which I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you you probably know a few that you're like, wow, that movie was terrible because it didn't do well in theaters, so it went straight to DVD. But it, it, Trolls World Tour, it, it worked out pretty well for them. And uh, I pulled a little quote here off of a very credible source called Wikipedia, and I'll just read it to you. This is about Trolls World Tour. The film finished number one for Amazon Prime, Comcast, Apple TV, Vudu, YouTube, and Direct, <laughs> and Direct TV, with Universal reporting it was purchased ten times more than its previous day one rental, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which had made two to three million dollars on its first day. Altogether, the film made at least forty million dollars over the weekend. Through the first 19 days of release, it was estimated between 3 and 5 million people had streamed the film, resulting in about a $95 million gross. $77 million, of which went to Universal. More revenue for the studio than the original film made during its entire theatrical run. After three months of release, the film remained in the top five across most services and occasionally returned to the top spot on Amazon Prime, Fandango Now, and iTunes. By August, IndieWire estimated the film had made about $150 million from rentals. What? The movie, Trolls World Tour, made how much? That's absolutely bonkers. 
I mean, obviously it makes sense because of coronavirus and people staying at home and they want to rent movies. But, I mean, I, bottom line, folks, I think we've just ultimately begun, we've seen the death of, of, the, of the common movie theater as we know it. Sad but true. I think, I think that's just that's just what's going to happen. I mean, Universal, they also, I was doing some more research on, the amount of research I've done on the, the movie Trolls World Tour is embarrassing. And I had someone ask me to talk about Hollywood and, and the, the movie theater industry, and she probably didn't know that I was going to go on a huge tirade about Trolls World Tour, but here we are. Um, I did some more research, and Universal said they're probably going to do, they're probably going to do that, um, digital release with all of their movies from now on they'll release it in in you know select theaters but then they'll do a wide digital release and then amc retorted back saying that they wouldn't show any of their movies anymore if they did that so i don't know what's going on um i mean universal is one of the one of the top you know the, the major five uh motion picture studios in the country if not the world and if amc didn't show their movies that that would be very detrimental to, to the to the AMC business what but anyway um I just think if we're going all digital it's it's just I you know I hope theaters stay I don't know if they will um but I I, I really do think that it's it's all going towards towards the the digital streaming medias the the netflixes the hulus and and the the other streaming services of the land you know it's tough but i mean it is what it i mean it's not like that they're making less movies it's just that generally it'll be for different different studios like the streaming ones which is fine um but i just i, I really i'm old-fashioned like i said i liked to go to the movie and especially with this new subscription that i had just discovered last year not a sponsor please sponsor me it's just it's sad it's sad but it is what it is at least they're still making movies oh my gosh i'm dropping everything at least they're still making movies and you know it is what it is but speaking of hollywood and uh and all things los angeles making a, a sharp 180 degree turn here um i saw uh it was about maybe a week or two ago i saw a man who he resides in los angeles during the summers uh he was on tv the other day and that man is mike trout Mike Trout plays for the Los Angeles Angels in the Major League Baseball League. Um, <laughs> the reason that I bring him up is I saw on SportsCenter the other day that he hit his fifth home run out of seven career games that he's played on his birthday. He's 29 and an absolute tank. He's a stud. He's arguably the best player. I mean, I think... Most people would agree, if you watch baseball, you would agree that Mike Trout is, like, the greatest baseball player playing right now. And definitely definitely one of the greatest that we'll probably ever see. Um, he plays center field for the, for the Angels, and I just feel so bad for him. Regan, you just said he was the greatest baseball player that you might ever see in your lifetime. Why do you feel bad for him? Well, devoted listener of Sure Why Not the Podcast, I will tell you why. A lot of people are saying that he's wasting his career playing for the Angels, and I kind of agree. Um, you see all this hype over Trout, you know. Um, 
he's you know and don't get me wrong the hype is well deserved like i said but the the guy has played in like one playoff game his entire career i mean he has a i did some more research he has a 73.2 wins above replacement percentage a career 305 hitter 290 trips around the bases home runs but more now because i saw this story like two weeks ago when it was his birthday and i think he's hit three or four more since then um and and maybe one playoff berth with the angels and he lost i think it was a wild card game i mean come on and if you have no idea what i'm talking about and you know those stats mean nothing to you and you're more of an arts person it would be like if audra had the exact career that she has right now but didn't win a single tony exactly the gasp that you just had that's how most baseball fans feel about Mike Trout I mean and also winning a World Series doesn't you know that's not the end goal for I mean it is the end goal for most baseball players but if you don't win one that doesn't mean that you're not a great player but the Angels have to get it together because I I don't want to have to watch the 30 for 30 on SportsCenter you know with some title that's like the kid from Jersey who never won a title like, what? No, I don't want to just, just for Mike Trout's sake, for all of baseball's sake, either get it together, Anaheim, or Mikey Mike, if you're listening, the Chicago White Sox could always use some more firepower in their lineup. Just, you either got to, you either got to get out or tell your team to, to, to get it, to get with it, because it's sad. It's real sad. But I'm calling it now, uh, you know, shifting gears again i don't think there's going to be a college football season it's uh at least not college football as we know it i mean when i was prepping this episode the the big 10 was was debating on whether or not they were going to have a a football season in the big 10 uh is one of the major college football conferences in the country that it's primarily midwest schools so you know your your university of nebraska's your university of iowa Illinois, uh, Michigan State, like those, you know, the big Midwest schools, they were, uh, they were voting or they were thinking about voting. And then since, since I prepped this episode and now at the time of recording, they have voted and they will not be having a season. Same with the Pac-12, which is the Pacific 12 out West. They won't be having their season, the Mid-America Conference, which is where my alma mater, Ball State, uh, that's their division. They won't be having a football season. So multiple conferences, major Division One schools have said that they won't be having football. There's a couple of conferences that are still holding strong. And, you know, I don't know if they'll, what what their plan is. And, you know, they're like, well, we're, we're going to continue with the season as planned. Okay. Can I see, can I see a blueprint, please? Um, it's just, you know, it's a lot of kids and it's, it's all, and not just football. It's all a lot of contact sports and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, as I talked about in my first episode, you can do the bubbles, but these are college, these are students. You, you have to, you have to go to class, right? So I don't know. I, I just, it, I just think college football is going to get canceled. And is it the right move? I think so. It sucks, but I think so. Pros pros are getting coronavirus and they get tested, you know, every other day and college kids aren't getting paid. There's a lot of interactions with other students. It's a high risk situation 
all around in my opinion, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but I'm thinking we're not looking too good. So, I'm sorry for all you hopeful tailgaters out there. You'll all just have to drink on your patio on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. or something, and that'll be it, I guess. And now it's time for some poetry. This first one is called, Maybe There's a Reason. Dad yelled at me today because I didn't know a math problem. He told me to find all the sevens. A simple question, and I didn't know how to find them. Overwhelmed, I searched. The numbers seemed to blur while my dad's screaming deafened my right ear. Maybe there's a reason I couldn't find the sevens that day. I got bullied at school today because I didn't know my place. He walked out with several friends. I said, hello, how are you? It was then I was pinned against the wall. Choking, I gasped for air, while he whispered, don't talk to me again. His friends held me there. Maybe there's a reason I hurt his feelings that day. Kayla kissed someone else today because I don't know why. She told me they were drunk. I was hurt, but I followed my gut. I said, I will always love you. She replied, no, I need to know what is true. Heart heavy and incomplete, I thought maybe she was still the one. Maybe there's a reason Austin became her one that day. My mom is leaving today. Her and dad are splitting up. I know it's not because of me, but seeing Papa sob is not easy to see. She left our home. Immediately, she felt alone. Three years later, she returned not as the mother I've known. Maybe there's a reason Mom and I stopped getting along that day. I heard the voice of a true love today, gentle and filled with light. She claimed I was a gift from God. I followed this North Star guiding me to what's right, but she had a shattered heart, and it was not our time. She had her life to mend, she had broken pieces to find. If there came a day she'd beckon, I'd fall in line. Maybe there's a reason I'm with someone else today. Maybe there's no reason for all the joys and sorrows. Or maybe they help to reason with the tomorrows. Our next poem is called, If You Were a Gardener. If you were a gardener, approached by a ladybug with a proposition of love, odds are you would laugh. You would hold the tiny creature in the palm of your hand, marveling at its little wings and its unevenly speckled body, and you would laugh. Not out of cruelty, but out of admiration, that such a tiny thing thought it had such a big voice. You wouldn't love it back. The thought wouldn't even occur to you, because you own this garden. And anything that offers itself up and fits in the palm of your hand is less than you. A completely different kind of creature. One that could never be your equal. But all the same, it's cute to look at. And it's fun to be loved by something when there's no pressure to love it back. So tell me then, gardener, was I foolish even to wonder if you would ever love me? If you can't tell what that sound is, that's me giving snaps, because that's what you're doing at a poetry slam, right? Our next poem is called, A Poem for Good Teachers. It takes very little to look at the stars, or the oceans and mountains and trees, and be filled with childlike wonder. It takes more to see the stars and people, and their cracked little ways of being, their laughs and stumbles and sighs, to see them holy, and yet still see the sky. And you have done just that. 
You've looked at the lights of us little people and taught us how to make them glow. You've lifted our heads when we were looking down and showed us that allness that you see. You shined a little galaxy in this world of yours made up of the dreamers you've turned into suns and made those holy seen people beam with light. I want to be a teacher of wonder the way you gave it to me. I want to turn people's eyes like you've turned mine to the stars and mountains they are. Whole little persons in no need of fixing, loved as they are, no matter how wobbly, and glowing and pure and now. For when you look at someone with wonder and make them see all that you see, the universe is theirs forever. And they will never forget what you gave them, that star, that wonder, that life, that seeing. And they will be whole for you and for them. For to teach is to wonder, and to wonder is to love forever. And our final poem this week is titled, A Leaf. A leaf trembles. It shakes with great force, holding on to its dear friend, the stem. But wind shakes it free and it falls from the tree, down from the sky as the wind thrashes it high. The current dips and cracks cold, leaf shivering, completely alone. But the wind gives way and the leaf adjusts course, back to earth confused and hurt, crying and dying. It sways softly next to me. The leaf, finally able to rest, as I walk past post-haste with a pregnancy test. And that concludes this week's Poetry Slam. My little poetry slam, I guess. But ladies and gentlemen, that was my very first writing collaboration that I talked about in that first, very first episode where I will be sharing my friend's work if they allow me to. Um, I know it's a big ask to, to let me share their work um, via this platform, but uh, the four poems I just read, I did not write. Um, I got them from two different poets. The middle two, the second and the third poem I read, were written by Mark Judge. I know him from Ball State University. Um, we met each other through the theater department, and he followed me on Instagram, and, and he posts his he posts snippets of each poem on his Insta, and so I saw some of them, and I was like, this is great, and so I reached out to him and asked if I could share some of his poems on, on this episode, and he said, of course, which is very generous of him, and uh, you can follow him. You can look him up, Mark J. Judge. He's on Instagram. He also has a YouTube channel where he reads uh, his poetry, and he does it uh, in nature, and it, it's very it's very cool and calming and, and soothing, and he's, he's also just a great poet. Uh, so you should check him out. That's Mark J. Judge on Instagram and YouTube. I almost said Facebook. <laughs> on YouTube and Instagram. And uh, the first and last two, or sorry, the first and last poem were written by my good friend David Ibarra. Uh, he is, I just have the utmost respect and admiration for David uh, as an artist, as a human being. He's just one of the kindest souls I've ever met, and uh, he always is just, uh, always knows what to say, which if you know David, a lot of the times you're like, I've heard it both ways, because that's something he says, uh, but he's just, he's one of the coolest guys I've ever met, and, and have the pleasure of knowing, and, and have the pleasure of being his friend, so David, uh, you can follow him on Instagram as well, uh, David Ibarra, I think, just look him up, you'll find him, uh, David and Mark, thank you so much for sharing your work with us this week. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening and you have written anything, if you're working on something, a song, poem, short story, script, anything, uh, just reach out. Um, I would love to share your work like I did today. 
and it, it would just it would mean a lot to me because you know I, this is something that I'm very passionate about and and uh, I I would love to just get get your work out there even if it's this is just a small outlet for you just let me know I would love to do it now if the sound quality on this second half of this episode sounds a little different than the first it's because you're right I am recording this second half of this episode in New York City. That is correct. I recorded the first half in Illinois, and then I flew to New York this week because I've been paying astronomical amounts of dollars on an apartment that I haven't been living in since March, and the lease is up August 31st. So I have to. I had to fly out here. I'm, I'm staying here for about a week and a half just to kind of, you know, live in the apartment that I've paid a lot of money for, and... Uh, and then I'll move my stuff into a storage unit, and then um, I'll, I'll make my, my triumphant return to New York whenever all this nonsense is over. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in a new location, so the, so the sound quality might be a little different. You might hear a car honking or two, but also that is something that's very interesting. When I did come to New York, I flew out of Chicago Midway, and um, my mom you know, texted me. She's like, how's it going? Because you know, we're, we're just trying to be safe while I'm flying, obviously. And I said, it's kind of creepy. Like, the, the airport was very empty. Like, I mean, people are still kind of flying, but it like it, it was weird. I mean, I, you know, I got through security in four seconds, and then, and then uh, you know, my, my flight had, like, over 100 seats because uh, Southwest Airlines, not a sponsor, is they're not selling the middle, like, the middle seats of each row. So there was over 100 seats, so I, you know, I had, like, my whole row to myself, and 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 it was it was just very it was a very creepy experience and then and then you know I got to New York and it's still obviously New York there's still people everywhere and and you know I walked by a pile of garbage yesterday and there was like 78 rats on it and I was like ah it's good to be home um but it, it's it's just very it's just very strange and um you know I'm I'm just hoping for 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 brighter brighter and sunnier days which I think we're we're on our way hopefully <laughs> um we can only hope right if you've made it this far in the episode, thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Regan Pender. Catch me every Friday releasing episodes of Sure Why Not on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you so much for listening. Be well. Be well.